Um, I'm excited uh, to be speaking the Word of God tonight, everybody, and I hope you're ready for it. Um, I hope, and, and you'll probably hear me say this probably every time I, I speak, just because I believe it's true. Um, but um, I want to leave change tonight. Um, I don't want to come here and warm a seat. Well, not that I'm doing that. I'm on stage tonight. But um, I pray, and it's my prayer tonight, that we would get something out of the Word of God, uh, that it would impact our Monday, our Wednesday, and even, funnily enough, our Friday as well. Um, that was a joke. That was terrible. Um, great. Uh, but... I hope, I hope you get a word from God today. And um, I'm actually closing out our Two Crown series, uh, all a bit about uh, Jesus on the cross this Easter season, uh, talking about the two crowns that He wore, the crown of glory and also the crown of thorns, both of them for us. And uh, I actually want to focus on one, one of these crowns more particularly than the other. I really want to talk about the crown of glory tonight, uh, which is the, talking about the resurrection of Jesus and, and actually going a little bit deeper into it. Um, I've done theological studies, a few of them anyway, and uh, looking into the cross, but also looking into the resurrection. And uh, I want to do a little bit of theology with you tonight. Um, so I hope you're ready for it. Whatever you need to do to get ready uh, for your theology to get rocked. No, uh, but your theology to get advanced. I don't know, whatever you want to call there. Um, but also then a practical at the end. Uh, we don't want to let theology just be theology. We want theology to lead to great worship. Uh, we want it actually lead to a great relationship with God. And I actually hope theology is going to lead to ministry tonight. We're going to have a time at the end just to let the, the power of the resurrection actually touch our lives. So um, I've got two things tonight that I hope will challenge your life on the resurrection. And uh, the main thing I want to cover is why is the resurrection important about, about what we know about God and how we understand life? This is the basis of my message tonight. And uh, if you're looking for a title, the title is A Revelation on Resurrection. Um, why don't we pray as we get into the Word of God tonight. Look, oh, hello, look. That's not a word. Irreverent. All right, let's go again. Lord God Almighty, um, we thank You, Lord, that we get to be here tonight. Uh, we get to hear Your Word. I pray, Jesus, You would stir something on the inside of us. Holy Spirit, I pray every word that I speak, let it be as if You are speaking through me tonight, Jesus. Um, I, I thank You. I thank You for Your Word is strong. It will not return void. It is going to go out and be set out and do everything that it's supposed to do tonight. Uh, God, let it stir our hearts so that we would look more like You tonight in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. A revelation on resurrection. Well, um, one thing we, that we need to know about resurrection is that our faith hinges off the resurrection. Uh, Christians today, if you believe in Jesus, our whole faith, the whole entire thing is based off this one, if we believe, true fact that Jesus, not only did He die, but He did actually rise from the dead. If we do not have a resurrection, we do not have a faith. Or in other words, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, go home. Like the doors to exits can be found to your left at the back. Like, like if the resurrection didn't happen, like it's all good. You're free to go uh, from the church. But if it happened, then that's actually a really big deal. And I want to talk about that for a little bit. Jesus' death was prophesied. And we see stacks of that in the Old Testament. 
Jesus' death was prophesied that He would die and I won't go through the whole list of that. But did you know that Jesus' resurrection was prophesied in the Old Testament as well? So we don't only just see Him dying on the cross and that being prophesied, but also His resurrection. And then even, and I was gonna bring up a bunch of verses, but I didn't feel to. But then even Jesus Himself, um, He brings up to His disciples all the prophecies before he goes to the before he goes to the cross and and he rises from the dead again he actually brings up 10 times to the disciples that he will rise again on the third day and i've got a bunch of uh, verses at least you can uh, check them up there actually go to the next one uh Oh, no, no, you're right, you're right. No, 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 you're on the right one. I'm, I'm just tripping out. So these are all the verses here. These are all the verses here that actually allude to Jesus saying, Matthew, like a bunch of Matthew. There's a few more Johns in there as well. John said it as well. Luke, Mark, they all said uh, and accounted for Jesus when He said that He would be in the tomb for three days or He, he kind of used like Jesus language where he, like, he alluded to dying and rising, but He wasn't like, yo, this is how it's exactly gonna happen. He's like, on the third day, the Son of God will rise. And they're like, what? Like the sun? Like, you know, the sun every morning? Like, they just didn't understand. But in all of these uh, passages, in all of these verses, and you can look them up, if you think I'm lying, uh, it talks that Jesus talks about to His disciples about rising from the dead. And specifically, it won't come up on the screen, but in Matthew 12, 39 and 42, uh, He said this to them, uh, another prophecy about Him dying and rising from the dead. And, uh, but He replied to them, an evil and adulterous generation craves a sign. Yet no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah, because just as Jonah was in the stomach of the sea creature, if you don't know the story, this is gonna sound real weird. So there was like a guy and he was like eaten by like a whale fish thing. All right, anyway, let's just keep going on. Uh, ask your life group leader. There we go, accountability. Because just as Jonah was in the stomach of the sea creature or fish, well, for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Alluding to, He will then rise three days later. And in 1 Corinthians, that other verse that I was alluding to before, it says this, Now if Christ, and this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church, now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching, this right now, is in vain and your faith is in vain. Or it's nada, it's nothing, doesn't matter. Go home. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that He was raised, uh, that He was raised, that He raised Christ. For whom He did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Man, I hope Jesus is raised. <laughs> then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are we are of all people most to be pitied. Or in other words, like I said, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, He's just a guy right now in a tomb. He's just a dead guy. He was a fake. He was a phony. Like He wasn't the Messiah. We got it wrong. But if He truly did rise, then we give our lives to Him. In verse 20, it says this, but in fact, everyone say fact. Not but in fiction, not in metaphorical sense, not mythologically, but in fact, Christ 
has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by man came death through Adam, but uh, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Someone give God some praise right now. If Jesus didn't rise, go home. But if He did rise, we in the same way that so many in this room here tonight, hello somebody, in the same way tonight as so many have given their lives to Jesus, if it's true, then we give our lives to Him. We deny ourselves and we start to live for this God because the reality of what God said about Himself, His credibility relies on the reality of Him rising from the dead. If Jesus actually is true, then what He did needed to have been true. And we believe as Christians that Jesus did die, but He also did rise as well. My encouragement tonight, through this is to not give you every bit of evidence on the resurrection where you're like, oh, like you haven't explained to me how or why or, or all these things. But my prayer for you tonight is this has alluded you to stir your hunger to look into the resurrection this week. I, I, think, I think more and more we need to equip the saints to have a hunger and a thirst where tomorrow you're like, okay, was, was that preacher guy actually talking about the right things or not? And I wanna encourage you, I study the resurrection. Look into it. Look at the claims of Jesus and the claims because there are even people in that day who did not believe that He was the Son of God but knew that Jesus was seen after that time. I'll leave you with that moment. But I've got two things tonight that I believe are a revelation of resurrection. And my first point tonight that changes our lives tonight, a little bit of theology for you, but that the resurrection of Jesus calls for our transformation. The resurrection calls for our transformation. It actually meant something for you and I on that day when Jesus died and He rose again. Uh, my sister and I, we went to Melbourne when you could do that. Just kidding, we, we can, you can start to do that again, you know, as Australia opens up and stuff. But we were in Melbourne. She was moving down there. She got a scholarship at a church, like study there. It was so good. I was like, oh yeah, I will go down there as well buy my ticket for me, all that kind of stuff. No, I think I paid for it myself. But uh, we went down there and it was a great time. She had like a host family uh, that she was staying with or some friends of the church that she got this scholarship from. Don't, don't even know how, you know, she knew them, but I didn't know them either. Um, and th that was a little bit of a problem. Um, and I don't know if you've been in this kind of scenario as well. And I was telling my wife this the other day. I hadn't actually told her before, but... Um, you know when you're like at a family's home, maybe you go over for dinner um, and they've like worked really hard at like a really nice meal in their head is really nice. Um, it's like delicious to them. Um, and you're like, yay, what's that? <laughs> looks good, you know. Uh, so we just got back from a big day of traveling within the city or whatever. We get back to this host family. I've already, like, I was like 20 at the time. I'd already smashed like literally like two 7-Eleven sausage rolls and like just being a 20-year-old, you know what I mean? Like, and uh, and I was kind of like, oh, that looks yummy, but I'm a bit full, <laughs> like, you know. Um, and I was as well, but I don't know. It was just that vibe where it was kind of like they'd prepared it all day, um, we got around the dinner table and everyone was served a 
something of this thing called, from the demonic realm called seafood chowder. Uh, can I say, chowder is the most ungodly and unholy thing to have ever come into this world. I'm sorry if anyone likes seafood chowder here, but I am not a fan. Um, and just, you know, just like, that sounded terrible. I'm never going to make that sound again my whole entire existence. But just a bowl of seafood chowder. It was a trap. Like, it was a trap. And, you know, like, it's there. And, like, we're all just having a great conversation. And man, my sister, like, we're, like, really good, like, close friends. And she's, like, as well as siblings. Uh but she's like, Nick, you have to eat some. <laughs> you know, like, it's just getting tense. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> it was a great time. And, and anyway, so I start, mmm, <laughs> seafood chowder. This is delicious. Um, where is this going? I have no clue. But uh, <laughs> no, so I, I start to eat it, but I literally get to, you know, there's just that level where it's like, this is acceptable. Like, at least at least like halfway. I think I was just up from halfway um, of eating this food. And, and I've got to say, it wasn't the nicest for my taste buds. But the point I'm trying to bring here is that someone else sacrificed. Someone else paid. Someone else made something that was for everyone else. And, and if it wasn't to be eaten or if it wasn't to be consumed or it wasn't to be given the way that it was supposed to be eaten, then it would have been wasted. Uh, it would have just stayed there where it was, but it was either it changes and it goes straight in the bin or Nick changes. There was only two options here and I wasn't socially accepted. I couldn't do the first one as a God-honouring, fearing young man. Uh, I had to change. There was something that needed to change in me uh, for it to not be a waste, but to actually bring change. And the reason why I bring this, and it was probably a terrible analogy because I believe the resurrection of what Jesus done brings a good transformation for us. But, but in saying that, we've got to know that if we're not changing into the image of Jesus, that there is a waste in the resurrection. If we're not transforming and becoming more like Jesus, then I gotta let you know, there has been someone who has died and paid with His blood, but also rose again for us, but it means our sanctification. I'll put it this way, in theological terms, if the cross has bought us justification, we're saved by grace through faith, we are saved by Jesus, then the resurrection models our sanctification. If the cross brought us justification, the resurrection brings us and models us sanctification. Sanctification is just an easy, it's just an easy way. It's saying transformation, where God is moving on your life and helping you become more like Jesus. If the cross is about the old life being nailed, then the resurrection is about walking in the new life God purchased for you. Sometimes what we do is we focus so much on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me on a cross. But we gotta know on the other side of a crucifixion is a resurrection. And God modelled to us that we need to transform into Him. Many Christians can focus that the old life is gone, but are you focusing on the new life that God has for you? The past is dead. The past has been done away with. We are no longer sinners. We can stop identifying as that. 
We have now been called saints in the kingdom of light for His glory. We can focus on all the good things that God has for us. Yes, you were once a sinner, but now you're saved by grace. Yes, you were once broken, but now you step out of that into the newness of life that God has you. He has washed you as white as snow right now. The resurrection shows us that you are a conqueror in Christ for Him who loved you. It does show that you need not live for the approval of man anymore because you lived for the approval of God. We defeated sin because He defeated sin and He lives in us. So our response and my response that I wanna communicate this morning, this morning, tonight, is that the power of the resurrection should stir us towards sanctification so that we wouldn't be Christians on vacation. Sometimes in this culture, Christians are like, I got my past to heaven. I got my Jesus ticket one day. I'm just gonna live and ride out this life as much as I want. I'm gonna stay in my muck and my gunk and my unforgiveness and my this, that and the other. And God isn't saying, okay, you know me now, be on vacation, do whatever you want. No, no, no. He's saying, okay, you know me, now it's time for sanctification. Now it's time to change. Now it's time to transform. I know it's a bit of a challenging message, but this is what we're called for, church. This is what we're called for. Man, I see it sometimes where we just slip into, oh, well, I'm all good now. I don't need to reach anyone else for the gospel. No, your sanctification and transformation matters for someone else. We begin operating in the new life He's designed for us. So this all into say, I wanna ask you a question tonight. Are you living more like Jesus since the day you began following Him? Are you living more, not, not the same, No, are you living more like Jesus since the day you first started following Him? Christian, if you've been a Christian for a little bit of time, do you look more like Jesus now than you did one year ago? Or are we still going back to some of those things? Hey, it's okay, God's got grace for you, but He also helps us with His grace to transform into His image. We are called for transformation and the resurrection calls us for transformation. You know what transforms us? Life groups transform us. Doing life with people sanctifies us. Can anyone say amen to that? That doing life with people. People, they're crazy sometimes. Okay, here's another one for you. Working in retail at Christmas time sanctifies us. God forbid that Kmart Mariah Carey song that comes on every Christmas time. I worked at Kmart for three years and I'm telling you, September, I don't want a lot for, I couldn't do it anymore. That has nothing to do with anything. But uh, hey, the resurrection, the resurrection calls for our transformation. Second one tonight as I finish up on this point and I really believe that God's gonna speak to some specific people tonight on this point. Hey, let the Word of God just speak to this if this is for you. The resurrection means there is intention to your tribulations. The resurrection means there is intention to our tribulations. What am I trying to say here? There is actually glory in your pain that you're going through. There is actually purpose in your pain. 
some of your deepest sorrows right now, those valley moments, that heartache, that heartbreak that you feel now or have felt before, there is a purpose to it. There's intention to it. God knows what He's doing. And that's really good news, friend, because we live in a culture where pleasure dominates the worldview of culture. Where if someone's hurting you, it's okay, just cut them out of your life. Because pleasure is the most dominant thing in our culture, if you're unhappy in a relationship, it's okay if pleasure's your God, will run away from wherever the pain is. And this is why people in our world don't know how to deal with pain. They don't know how to deal with trials and tribulations. But I love that the Christian worldview Living for Jesus, where we live for a God who was crucified and rose again three days later, gives us a worldview to believe that there's actually purpose in the pain. There's growth in the pain. Christians, we believe in resurrection, not escapism. We don't believe in, oh, just I'll I'll escape from the world because I'm feeling this pain. Some of you tonight, I know, because I felt the Holy Spirit said, there's gonna be people when you preach the message that they're dealing with pain. I wanna let you know, God is saying that there is purpose in the pain. There is purpose what you're going through. That right now, it feels empty. Right now, it feels hurting. Right now, it feels like, why would God do this to me? I wanna let you know, God is not far away. God is so close. Because you cannot have a resurrection without first a crucifixion. The only reason why Jesus rose from the grave is because He once died to the grave. You might be in a crucifixion right now. They hurt me right now. That that heartbreak hurts my heart. I, I can't deal with that right now. Can I let you know that that is all purposeful? I know it hurts. I know you're going through something, but guess what? Guess who's going through it with you? God is not a God that says, I'm in pain, help me escape. He's like, I'm in pain, I am here. This is the God that we serve Some of you here tonight have felt that. Some of you here tonight are like, how do I get out of this, God? And God actually hasn't answered your prayer. Some of you here tonight are like, God, I've been praying and praying that you would take this pain away, but God is actually keeping it there so your reliance would actually rely on Him more. God is in the middle of it, not escapism, but resurrection. Because on the other side, friend, there is resurrection. And that's the faith that we cling to, that one day your pain, your suffering, it will actually have meaning tied to it. But unless you go through it, you can never have that meaning. Unless you go through it, you will not see the revelation that God has for your life. It promises us that there is hope on the other side. So I felt this specifically for someone tonight. Someone tonight feels like running from the pain. Don't run from the pain. Give it to God. Do it with God. So much of this life, we could easily take the easy route. But God is saying, I want to do it with you. So keep going with God. In this moment right now, we're going to have a time of worship. We have a moment to go, God, I've been praying the pain away. But right now I'm praying, God, would you come close? 
that he would reveal himself because on the other side of crucifixion is the resurrection. That's the hope we cling to. That's the faith we believe. And it's all because, and I'll finish with this, it's because we have a promise of future resurrection. You and I, death is not the end. You and I, when we actually die, our bodies decay one day when our last breath is taken from us, we hold on to the belief system that we will rise again physically in the same way that Jesus rose from the grave. So this, if you can get this for a second, this temporary affliction that you're feeling right now is actually a shadow of things to come. The thing you're actually going through right now is actually a representation of what will happen at the end time. You're feeling the pain. You're feeling the dead end. You're feeling the dead situation. Then you're gonna come out of that through resurrection in the same way at the end of time, all of us will rise from the grave. All of us can hold on to that. So my encouragement to you tonight is hold on to your faith with Jesus. Hold on with everything inside of you. Hold on because He's not letting go. On the other side of crucifixion is resurrection. You'll get through this. God is not escaping you out of this, but He is with you in it. There's purpose in your pain. Two things tonight, the revelation on resurrection. Number one is that we should be transforming into God's image every day. God, how do I become more like you? That should be our prayer tomorrow, church. God, how do I become more like you? How do I love more? It's so easy to be offended and use excuses, but how do I live like you and love like you? Secondly, though, we have to see that there's purpose in the crucifixion because there's a resurrection. We've got to see it. And God's doing something in us through that. In this moment right now, I want to ask that every eye be closed in this place. God's here tonight and He's been speaking. And I want to ask you tonight, if you don't know this Jesus for yourself, you might even be experiencing pain and you don't know God for yourself. Maybe you've been far away from God. But you know tonight you need to come home to Jesus. You need a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says this beautiful thing called salvation is like being born again. We enter into a relationship with Jesus and we start this new life of transformation, looking like Him and having purpose and living this new life He's called us to. And maybe you tonight, you feel like you're sick of this life that you're currently living right now. I wanna let you know there's a hope. His name's Jesus. He wants to give you new life right now through relationship with Him. And in this moment right now, as I look across the auditorium, if you wanna say, Nick, I need this new life. I I need this Jesus who is the gateway to this new life. I wanna know Him and I wanna be with Him. I want to follow Him in this moment right now. I wanna ask you, would you raise your hand for me and just say, that's me. I'd love to pray with you. Awesome, I see that hand. Thank you so much. Amazing, amazing. You want that new life? Come on, is there anyone else here tonight that you need that new life? You want the new life God has for you? Come on, He's just waiting to give it to you. He can help you understand even some of the things you've been going through lately. There's purpose in the pain, friend. Jesus wants to be next to you and help you through it. Awesome, anyone else here tonight? Just raise your hand. 
So good. Well, I'd love to pray this prayer together, all of us in this auditorium. We're going to pray this prayer together. And for that person, that, that man who raised your hand, I'd love for you to pray it as if you're praying to God right in front of you because He is, His Spirit is here. Let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, tonight I give you my life. And in exchange, would you give me your life? Tonight, I befriend you. Tonight, I believe that you died and you rose to give me life. Tonight, I receive all you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate our amazing man for making that decision? So good. And uh, in this moment right now, I know Joe will come up soon and uh, talk about some ways in which you can get connected with us here as a church, but also just do this journey with God together. But in this moment, can we all just stand to our feet? I really feel that second point is for some people tonight where you're in a painful situation. And I mean, realistically, statistically speaking, I reckon everyone in this room could say at least one little thing, even if it's little. There's some pain in our hearts that we're like, God, I need you in the middle of that. Or maybe I haven't noticed that you're in the middle of that. And if we can all close our eyes across this place, uh, we're just gonna worship for a moment. But then I wanna pray for some people here tonight. So thanks so much, Ben, take it away.